0: Warning, you're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell.
1: What is up, everybody? You are watching Battleground Live. Thank you all for joining us. We've got a great show today. And also, thank you all for being in the trenches with me. This show is about saving this country. Period. End of story. You know, I've run for office twice. I served my country in Afghanistan. Um, I've done everything that I can my entire life to, to put America uh, before myself and, and before my family. Um, really, my life's motto is, is God, family, country. And it's been an honor to serve this country. But I realize now, as we really truly stand on a thin line between hope and darkness in America, that they're We need to build a movement, and that's part of what this show is all about. And I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that you're here on the ground floor and in the trenches, so thank you. A couple of housekeeping items. Um, The Battleground podcast, the actual podcast, the weekly podcast, used to air at noon on Wednesdays, but now that we've rolled out the 5 p.m. show daily – we're trying to figure out the best place for the actual podcast to fit in. We're not quite sure. We might roll it out on Saturday. That way we've got content, um, rolling live streaming six days a week as opposed to having two on Wednesday. So stay tuned on that. Uh, that's still going to happen, but we're just making some decisions behind the scenes. Um, also I want to give a shout out to the people who are listening on the Wendy bell radio, uh, app the wendy bell radio network app um and really to brock and to wendy for having faith in me really i mean i i had never hosted radio before in my life uh brock and wendy both asked me to host wendy bell's radio program and by the way she's the number one live streamer woman live streamer on rumble in the country it's absolutely amazing she's a titan um but she asked me to host her three-hour conservative talk radio show on radio. I'd never done radio before. Brock and Wendy both assured me that I could do it. Um, and Brock also told me, said, Sean, you're going to be addicted to this. Trust me. Just stick with it. And they really never wavered. And so uh, all of you that are here listening through the app or if you heard me on, on the Wendy Bell radio uh, program, thank you. Um, I appreciate I appreciate you being here. I really truly do. I'm honored by your presence. And so we're in this together, even though I hate that phrase because of all the COVID crap and the lockdown crap. But really, we're in the trenches together. We'll just say it that way. Um, so much has happened today. And I've got a sort of lightning round of of news stories, top line news stories that we're gonna get to because I promise to keep you updated on all of these things, and I always will. Um And we've got Rich Barris, the people's pundit, uh, that's going to be coming on right after all of this. He's got just a ton of polling, uh, presidential primary polling in Florida, brand spanking new, absolutely, absolutely fascinating stuff. And Rich is always, I mean, he's probably, he's, my favorite pollster, super smart. Um, he's going to break everything down so that you actually get real information. And that's the whole point of this show. Uh, Brock and I were talking as we were as we were building the show for today is that oftentimes it's it's not about what the mainstream media covers. Oftentimes the story is where they're not covering. And so that's what we try to do. We try to look in areas, gaps in their coverage, and bring you that stuff because that's often where the truth lives. And so that's how we built the show for today. Um, Okay. Quick thanks to Deepwell. They're the founding sponsor of this program. They're an American energy company. They believe in American energy independence. They're patriots. Uh, If if you like cheap gas, if you like the lights on in your house, if you like cheap utility bills, thank an energy worker because they care about this country and they care about the environment a hell of a lot more than any of these purple haired grad student freaks that protest them every day. So thanks to Deepwell for being a part of this program. Now, let's get right to it. Um, Mitch McConnell. Uh, appeared to have another scary episode today in as many months in a media ga- gaggle in Covington today. Um, aides had to step in to help him and and repeat questions. Eventually, he I don't I don't believe he he completed the press conference and he was led away. Uh, this just happened within the last couple of hours. Uh, check this video uh, out right at the top.
2: What are my thoughts about what
1: running for reelection in 2026? Oh. That's true.
2: Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in twenty yes. yeah. twenty-six. All right. I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute, Senator. Any? Yep. Okay. Somebody
1: else have a question. Please speak up. Look, folks, I look, I don't always agree with Mitch McConnell. I told you yesterday that some things I believe are, are truly they they have to be above political stuff. And, you know, I wish this man the best. Clearly, there's something going on. But can I just say we need younger people in office? Uh, you know whether it's it's uh, Senate Majority uh, Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, Dianne Feinstein, John Fetterman, Joe Biden. These people are too old to do the job, and you know. Again, I'm not trying to be insulting, but this is you know we need to do better as as a republic, as a citizenry, in electing younger, more energetic leaders. But you know, and and I saw on Twitter and social media today was awash with a discussion about term limits. Um, I will tell you this, as someone who's run for both the House of Representatives and the United States Senate in the critically important state of Pennsylvania, um, here's my thoughts on term limits, and they might surprise you. First of all, I agree with term limits. I signed a term limit pr- pledge, but the question, and, and this is something that's that's nuanced, so, so stick with me here, but the question is how long? How long is appropriate? Certainly, the founders did not intend for people to you know, like Joe Biden, win, uh, enter the United States Senate at thirty-two, stay in Washington for fifty freaking years. Nobody, nobody wants that. You end up with you know four or five different, you know, senior citizens and cognitive decline that end up being vegetables and mouth breathers in charge of some of the most important decisions in our country. That's 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 not what the founders ever intended. However, the Constitution affords us, we the people, the right to select members of the Senate and of the house of representatives as we see fit. And so as long as we continue to elect these people, constitution sets forth that they have a right to be elected and we have a right to choose. And there are some out there that would make an argument that term limits, term limits at at the core of the argument are unconstitutional because of that. Um, so what's the right number look like? I think, in I think in the house, I mean, it's important to give people enough time to learn the ropes, um, be ahead of a committee, uh, you know. Get some sen- seniority and make some real decisions. That, especially if you're a conservative, that that help and save this country. I think eight years in the House is probably fair. If, you know, I think in the Senate maybe two, maybe maybe three terms. But three terms in the Senate is eighteen freaking years. That's a long, long time. And so, uh, the other part of the term limit discussion that I think is really important is that if you term limit out our representatives, the people that we choose. So you might really like your member of Congress in your respective state or in your district, um if we term limit those people out what will end up happening you hear all this talk about the deep state and I talk on this program all the time about entrenched bureaucracy and and look this was never more apparent than during the Trump administration where Trump would issue guidance as commander in chief and all of these entrenched bureaucrats at every level would take Trump's executive orders or the commander's intent they'd put it in a in a basket on the desk and they'd leave it there they'd stifle it in their own Sick bureaucratic way. When you term limit out the representatives of the people, whether it's in the United States House of Representatives or in the United States Senate, you actually diminish the overall voice and power of the people and empower these entrenched bureaucrats who spend decades in Washington influencing things behind the scenes. I don't like that. I would rather the people have a voice. Now, I get it. Again, no one should be in Washington for 50 years. You end up with co- ve- you know vegetables in uh, cognitive decline making important decisions. And in the case of Mitch McConnell, you look at what's happening right now in, in America. Now, he's the Senate minority leader. He's the top five most powerful people in the entire country. And he's clearly having health problems. And so while the Democrats are uniting and consolidating power in ways in which we've never seen before in this country one of the stoppers one of the per, one of the people one of the people who are holding the line against these radical dems are guys like Mitch McConnell i i would just say to all of you i i wish him well i'm going to pray for him tonight and i'm going to pray for his family i hope he's okay but we need you know leaders in the house of representatives in the senate we need them in fighting shape so just a thought. We wish we wish Senate Majority or Minority Leader well, but this is concerning. Uh, let's pivot real quickly to the Colorado kid, uh, Jaden, with the Gasden flag. Well, the school who kicked the kid out of class for having that flag on his backpack has decided to allow him to keep wearing the patch at school folks, this is a huge, huge deal. This is a win uh, for our culture on our side. So the Vanguard school, I'm going to read you a little bit of their statement. So last week, a student came to school with patches affixed to his backpack with half a dozen patches depicting guns, weapons, one referencing alcohol, um, this, not talking to to Jaden. Okay. Uh, talking about this kid. Um, But let me see. I want to read you the most important part. Okay. Uh, from, From Vanguard's founding. Now, Vanguard is a school, and I'm reading the statement from the school board. From Vanguard's founding, we have proudly supported our Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the ordered liberty that all Americans have enjoyed for almost 250 years. The Vanguard school recognizes the historical significance of the Gasden flag and its place in history. This incident is an occasion for us to reaffirm our deep commitment to classical education in support of these American principles. Folks, this, this, is, this is worthy of a drink. Um, I'm telling you, uh, this is a huge victory for conservatives. This is why it's so important. And part of this show's motto is to never quit, never surrender. Because so many conservatives, especially people that we elect, all they they get elected and, and and they get in their head that they want to be a celebrity and they think that the, if if the media is nice to them, it'll elevate their stature and eventually they'll be in you know to it you know invited to the celebrity galas and maybe the Oscars one day or the Met Gala. That's not what our job is. If you are running for office as a conservative or you are incumbent, you have to say right before you go and that the media is going to hate you. And your job is not to ingratiate yourself to them because it's not your job to be a useful idiot for ABC, NBC, C- CBS, uh, CNN. So it, our job is to, is to never quit, never surrender, to conserve, it's an active word. Our job is to conserve the traditional principles that made this country into it, it, into what it is today. That means the constitution, the bill of rights. We should defend those things. We should not back down. And so kudos to this kid, 12 year old kid who showed enough courage to not take that patch off of his backpack. And because of that, the school board backed down. Okay. This is something there's another thing I want to get to real quick. Pentagon officials worked to finalize climate plan during botched Afghanistan withdrawal emails show. Now I'm telling you, this made my blood boil. The Biden administration worked on a document declaring climate change, a top national security risk as Kabul crumbled. Now, remember yesterday on the show yesterday, I played the heartbreaking comments of a Gold Star father who lost his son during the surrender of Afghanistan. How do you think it makes him feel to learn that the Biden administration was focused on a climate adaptation plan? And two days after this plan was signed by the secretary of defense, Lloyd Austin, they declared climate change, a national security risk. All of this happened during the fall of Afghanistan. All of this happened when 13 Americans were killed. All of this debate about signing this climate adaptation plan happened when we sent a drone strike that killed an Afghan family. Do you think (laughs) that this is appropriate? And this is why, this is why That gold star father was so angry at our commander in chief, Joe Biden, and was so angry at the secretary of defense, Lloyd Austin, because none of these people have been held accountable. And now we learned that they weren't even 100% focused on a responsible drawdown in Afghanistan. They were at least in part focused on climate change. That is total BS. It makes my blood boil. I'm telling you. This is the danger when you let stupid mouth breathers in charge and put them in very, very powerful positions. You know, on the battlefield, people die. It's tragic. We should be holding people accountable, but unfortunately, we're not. Um, let's talk real quickly about Maui. Um, the Lahaina death toll remains unclear as Hawaii authorities near the end of their search. Okay, so there's this article in CBS, um, and here's what I'm going to tell you: the death toll in Hawaii is still 115 people. Now, they've said that there have been a 1,000 th- people still missing. Sometimes I've heard estimates of over 1,500 people missing. The search is complete. There's been a media blackout. The death toll is still at 115. What the hell is going on there? If you read this article, go look it up. The title of the article is from CBS. Lahaina death toll remains unclear as Hawaii authorities near the end of their search. This is... The math doesn't add up. They said they're combing the ocean up to, I think, uh, you know, a couple hundred yards off the off the actual coastline to see if they, find, they haven't found any bodies there. So one would think that if parents were missing their children, the parents would be raising hell. And even if there was some sort of a, a media blackout, now, now bear in mind, these are just some of the questions that I have as someone who's a free thinker, as somebody who can think for themselves. If parents were me- missing children, they would be screaming from the rooftops that their children haven't been found. No media blackout in the history of the world could stifle that, You know, even if ABC, CBS, NBC weren't covering it, alternative sources like Fox News, The Daily Wire, others would. So where are these people? Were people incinerated to the point where they can't identify them at all? I think that might be the case. I also think that entire families perish together. Because if entire families perish together, there's no one left to complain. And this is why I look, I'm just speculating and thinking here. I don't know the answer to any of these questions, but this is why transparency in moments of crisis are so important. And again, Democrats control every lever of power right now, both in Washington and our commander in chief of Joe Biden. The vast majority of things, as he said in reference to Hawaii were either no comment or he was likening, trying to meet, he was likening his, lightning striking his house and almost killing his cat and destroying his 67 Corvette. He was trying to make it out to be that, oh, he's just the same as all these people who have lost everything. And oh, by the way, it was just a kitchen fire. (laughs) Like it was under control in 20 minutes. Uh, It seems like Hawaiian officials made the wrong choice at every single level, whether it was shutting off water. (laughs) Again, if you run out of water in the midst of a wildfire and you are an island in the middle of the Pacific, only a mouth-breathing Democrat could do that. I'm I'm telling you. And it's not even just a Democrat. I don't want to impugn you know, the moderate Democrats who look at this stuff and think this is insane. This is some hippy-dippy water guy who wants to worship and revere water. It it doesn't, he it's absolutely crazy. Uh Police blocked people from escaping inexplicably. Firefighters said that the the, the blaze was under control. Um, everybody's blaming climate change. Clearly, it's not. Now they're saying the wildfire is because of colonialism, but clearly that's not the case. It was just power lines and in an overt focus on diverting those resources that were appropriated to clear cut around power lines, diverting that stuff to climate change BS. It's not climate change that's dangerous. It's the climate change policies that are deadly. Again, nobody's been held accountable so but whenever I have questions, whenever I have questions about what's going on, I do some digging and look for survivor testimony and I want you all to listen to this this courageous survivor about what happened in Maui, and that way you got the information but but check this out
2: it's It's really bad out here it's really bad. I don't know how much is on the media. I haven't had a minute to look at the media, but um People are finding whole families in cars that are just charcoaled and fried. Um, my best friend, Michelle, her friend, her brother's, uh, family just in the car. They find the car and they find mom and dad in the front seat and the three kids in the back. The other bad thing is that, um, school was out that day that the fire raged through Lahaina. So parents were at work and all the kids were at home. So there's massive amounts of children who perished. We've been taking supplies, no one's been sleeping. We have three families in our home in Kihei. We're trying to open up a second home and now we're trying to get um, homes for people who have lost everything. Um, The roads are crazy, it's hard. You know there's only one road going into Lahaina plus the backside and the backside's pretty dangerous. We got Ignite a Life up, helping as best we can. We spent the entire day taking care of our patients um, at the office at Maui Cardiology. At 2 o'clock, we closed and we started shopping for folks. Um, and we sent out three um, three Suburbans and, and three other trucks full of supplies this morning through the Hawaiian Canoe Club. We're continuing to help. People are not sleeping on this side Three fires broke out again yesterday in Hanukawai, which is past Lahaina. Um, The fire is still not contained up in Kula. But anyway, anything that you guys want to donate, we're happy to take donations. And like I said, Ignite a Life. Always gives 100% of your donation. We never take admin fees or anything. And we want to just say thank you to everybody who's been contacting us. Um, we appreciate your support and we love you and God bless everybody. Um, this is, this is just really bad. It's really bad. So, um, just pray, pray for Maui, pray for all our families that are safe here. We're grateful that we are safe
1: so hard to listen to that stuff and it's it's just as tragic if not more tragic that we're not hearing this stuff reported in the media that's why we work so hard to find this stuff and bring it to you we want you to have this information because it makes us better it makes us stronger it makes you more informed but maybe the reason why the democrats are failing in Hawaii is because they're a little bit distracted trying to focus on what is overt election interference and trying to destroy the life of president Trump and put him behind bars for over 700 years. (laughs) Maybe that has something to do with it. I told you this just week about 14th amendment challenges, how there's a secretary of state, uh, in New Hampshire trying to remove president Trump from the ballot. Well, today, um, And NBC News, secretaries of state get ready for possible challenges to Trump ballot access. Arizona's secretary of state is the latest to say his office is grappling with the potential effects of a move to block Trump from the ballot. This is absolutely sickening, absolutely sickening to me the only reason and we're going to talk about this real quickly here uh, soon with with I think the best pollster in the business, Rich Barris. The only reason they're doing this is because Trump at this point is clear. He's unstoppable in the primary. The only hope for anybody else in this race is that he gets put in jail. And by the way, if you're running for president and you're a Republican and your entire freaking strategy is to wait for the top guy to get put in jail, you're part of the problem. Get the hell out of the race support the guy that support us for four years. Hell, half of these people that are running wouldn't even have their platform or half their social media following if it wasn't for President Trump, the very person whose life they're trying to destroy and put in jail. Could the Republican Party just have a soul? Can our party just be loyal? No, not to a mob boss, but to somebody who sacrificed everything to make this country better? Again, many of these people who are running against him they they're either not in office, would never won as, as governor, or wouldn't have half the platform were it not for President Trump. So if your strategy is to wait for the top guy to get put behind bars or it's just a wait and see approach, you're probably not running at the right time. And if you look at the polling, the polling backs this up. He is unstoppable, not just in the primary, but I think Trump is the only person who, who can mount a, a, an effective challenge against. Creepy Joe Biden in the White House. Not only, not only that, I think he's poised to absolutely crush it. Okay. So check this out. I want to get to Rich Barris really soon. Um, this is fascinating, right? Uh, from Newsmax. McLaughlin poll. Trump beats Biden in electoral landslide. The McLaughlin National Survey finds Trump finds that Trump leads Biden 47 to 43 up to two, up to two points this month alone. Even more remarkable with our voter, our voter model for this poll is we assigned four more points of Biden 2020 voters than Trump 2020 voters. So what that means is, is that looking to 2024, there's an eight point turnaround in favor of Trump from the 2020 election. Um, Biden voters, according to this article in Newsmax, are switching to Trump. Now, here's the big news. In key battleground states, Trump leans Biden 49 to 41. That's significant. And that's not the only poll. If you look at a national poll that just came out today from YouGov, it has Trump at 44 nationally, Biden at 43. If you look at the GOP presidential primary, it's Trump 52 percent, DeSantis 16 percent. Some polls even have a wider margin than that. And I'll tell you this. The other reason why these deep state fanatics and these entrenched bureaucrats and these radical Dems, people like Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton and the Biden family crime syndicate are working so hard to take Trump out and, and, and indict him through lawfare or throw the guy in prison or remove him from the ballot altogether. Washington Times article titled Recruiting is Underway for a Trump-like Wrecking Ball to Shrink Government and Fire Federal Workers. What have, been, what have I been calling Trump for the last two weeks? He's going to win in 2024 and hell hath no fury like like the wrath of President Trump when he becomes president. They're already interviewing and looking for people to act as a wrecking ball to shrink the size of the federal government. That is a good thing, and people are absolutely petrified by it. So I don't want to waste any more time. Rich Barrish is, I think, the best pollster in the business. He's got some awesome stuff to talk about. So without further ado, Rich Barrish, the People's Pundit, welcome to Battleground. Thanks for being here. It's great to be here again, Sean. Thanks for having me, brother look at that t-shirt man the people's pundit your branding is strong I, <laughs> I like it i like it and i gotta tell you man people give you hell on twitter but you don't back down man i love it i love it you know what most of those kids were still in
3: diapers or in middle school when i started doing this sean uh you know the, i just ignore most of them uh, and the <laughs> other ones are just gop partisan establishment hack pollsters who couldn't pull like the, the lunchroom at their kids' like <laughs> middle school correctly. They're awful. And I just ignore them. I mean, I'll just make a quib or something like the one from yesterday. Dude, pull Florida right one time, just once, one time, and then you can talk to me. And I just ignore it because I've never been wrong in the state of Florida, which is what they really flipped out about yesterday, let's be honest. And then now it's public for everyone today. Uh, <laughs> but I showed you yesterday. Other people knew it was coming, So they were just losing their minds. But, uh, you know, I guarantee we'll go through this same thing again, brother. And in a week or two, maybe not even, maybe a few days, someone else will come out with a Florida poll and it'll look exactly like ours. We <laughs> yeah, just are ahead yeah. of the track
1: you texted me you texted me the other day and said you know what I think they're gonna have to indict Trump again for murder because he's killing DeSantis in Florida tell us all tell, tell us tell us all tell us all about that I yeah you know, so so like yeah. can we start there's this um you sent me four links today of your polling Um yeah. I'd like to start with We'll start with the map of Florida, okay? Yeah. Um, And we'll start with that. So let's go ahead as soon as we can and get the map of Florida graphic up there for people to see. Um, Okay, you see that there, Rich? Perfect. Uh, Walk us through what this shows us.
3: Yeah, and just a real, real quick. what I, I I did say that because you know, for what three months ago maybe I was saying, look, it is like openly a strategy now. Exactly what you just said before you brought me on uh, <laughs> that they are rooting for him to be indicted because they know he cannot win. And when I first started saying that, and I started saying it because people were telling me. I mean, people you know who know uh, were telling me, and they were den- denying it. Now they openly uh celebrated many of those supporters on social media and elsewhere and I said they're gonna they're gonna start calling for him to be indicted for murder because he's, he's just killing uh Ron DeSantis in his own state uh, look last month we've now we have the tracker for this as well we've been polling Florida at least trying to every month and I go back you know Sean this this let me explain why this map is different there's so much less blue on this map than there was last month. We're looking at it and you can see that basically Donald Trump has relegated Ron DeSantis to the Capitol. That's all that is the most support that Ron DeSantis has is in the capital of Florida and everywhere else where at one point it was close. The panhandle, even in parts of Tampa Bay, uh, the Tampa Bay area and, and in southwest in counties like Monroe and where Sarasota is. Desantis had some support. He had some support in Gainesville, even though Trump would like surround him in Greater Alachua. He had support in the Northeast in Duval County, uh, where Jacksonville is. It's over. It's all it, it's all red now. And one of the things that tipped me off to it immediately is the phone polling has always been DeSantis' strongest suit because more educated people. I hate that word, but let's call them credentialed. More credentialed people who love to talk on the phone with pollsters. Um, they talk you know, a lot more and they supported DeSantis at one point. The problem, DeSantis and everybody is having now, Sean, the reason why this race is blown wide open is because Trump is now winning college educated Republicans as well. And it's, it's not even close. He's the majority of four-year college degrees and a plurality and or a majority with post-grad degrees in many of these states. So this is now a complete, and to look at the 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 panhandle in bay county trump led in for a while but in gadsden and leon DeSantis santis had an, some support he had some support in uh liberty county escambia county
1: it's all gone now it's all gone wow. and I, well, you know, go ahead go ahead uh, no I, I it's just fascinating i, I first like as i as i as i'm looking at this map of florida i'm reminded that there that there's a hurricane that's you know on a crash right. course for florida and obviously you know we are praying for for the people down there. We have people that watch this show that are that are from Florida. They're still hunkered down watching Battleground. But uh, and 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 DeSantis is as the governor of Florida is in the thick of preparing for that disaster. And and I always say, you know, we talk politics and and Trump versus DeSantis be- and and everybody else because that's the primary and stuff. But DeSantis, I mean, he's one hell of a governor and. I wish him all the best down there as he preps uh, Florida for this hurricane. Uh, but he's done some pretty damn th- damn great things for Florida, and so much of this red on this map that we're looking at, he he's responsible for some of that, right? In terms of registering new Republicans. You know, I I honestly I gotta disagree. I do.
3: Okay. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I mean, all right. we've, we've all right. gone over this. Actually, Ron DeSantis is the first governor in um, more than three turn, three different governors who experienced population declines. Uh, the big renewal of Republican support in South Florida. And listen, I'm not saying this to be a Trumper or anything, it's just the truth. Uh, Miami-Dade experienced population decline or stagnant the population back to back now for the last few years for the wow. first time in over a decade. So what really drew drove this, Sean, you know, and Trump got 30 plus 33 percent of the vote in 2016 in Miami-Dade, for instance. But what he did do was go back down there and change Obama's policies uh, towards Cuba, immigration policies, which the Cuban community 100 percent agreed with. Remember, they basically split their vote between Romney and Obama. We, you know, we started to see Cubans drift away from Republicans for for a hot minute. There didn't didn't last because Obama went too far to the left. But Trump went back. He re-embraced them. He also did a lot of, um, you know, his foreign policy towards Venezuela was an open door for them. And that's why he almost just came shy of winning Miami-Dade last time, because a lot of pundits didn't see this coming. There was this influx of Venezuelans and they're like 75 plus percent in support of of Trump. And what we're what we're seeing uh, again, Rick Scott, I got it when it comes to the population gains and the registration of voters. uh, More, much more of that happened under Rick Scott than Ron DeSantis. Wow. I did not know that. It's absolutely true. It's a simple census lookup. I know his supporters hate it when I bring this up, but you know, <laughs> things are demonstrably true and things are demonstrably false. <laughs> yeah. And you can prove this pretty easily, Sean, you know? And we have yeah, uh, yeah. we have a tracker for voter registration. It flipped under DeSantis. So for the first time since, uh, actually that's true, but it also flipped right before Trump's election. For the first time since 1972 in the re-election, or the, he didn't get re-elected, but in 2020, the month Trump was up for re-election, is when it finally flipped to Republicans having an advantage with uh, voter registration by party. In 1972 was the first time the state ever started tracking it by party. Uh, the Secretary of State started doing it like that in 72. And Democrats have always had an advantage, but you could see that advantage chipping away under Obama for a while. That's largely white, older Democrats that are changing their registration because the party went too far to the left. But then under Trump and uh, re- Honestly, Rick Scott brought a lot of people from New England that were working class whites. They got there and they registered. But it really under Trump began the non-white Republican search. And that is a big deal because the state is only 62, 64 percent white now in an electorate. So if you want to continue to win it, you've got to break into these non-white voters.
1: And that's what he did that's what that's exactly what happened yeah this is fascinating so we'll move to the next graph it's which is a bar graph um and like i said you know president trump is a guy i mean everybody that watches this program knows that i'm close with the trumps knows that i'm a trump guy (laughs) you know what i mean i just i try not to get involved in the republican on republican violence um but but those numbers that you just mentioned hey look facts are facts people aren't entitled to their own facts facts. i mean it's it's fascinating and this bar graph that you sent me uh this morning look at this so um break this break just just go rich take jesus rich rich bearers take the wheel here tell tell me (laughs) what you're seeing the gray is trump's performance against
3: joe biden in a hypothetical uh matchup uh you know for 2024 red is desantis so what we're trying to show here is despite a lot of people made a little bit too a little bit a lot of people made a lot <laughs> about that re-election. Being, you know, he was re-elected by 19 points, etc. And the truth is, gubernatorial elections don't have much predictive value at all when it comes to how a voter is going to vote for president. So what we're trying to show here is that you know, when it comes to the presidential race, you know, do I think DeSantis could eat it out, even though it's kind of close? Yeah, but what he can't afford to have to happen, because what is fueling that um and maybe i don't want to jump too far ahead because that is another chart but this chart shows that really trump outperforms desantis with just about every key group you need to win the state of florida hispanics trump has a slight lead even though and i heard you read the mclaughlin story before uh are we asked about the 2020 vote and with hispanics it came out just about the same margin that they voted for Biden in 2020, even though he carried the state, not just Cubans, not just Venezuelans, but all Hispanic statewide. Now Trump has a lead with them. So these are not people who, you know, they, these are mind changers, Sean. They changed their mind, and we had so many of them tell us, "I voted for Ron DeSantis." If they have also voted in 22, I voted for Ron DeSantis, but that was for governor. That's this is different. And another big problem is that he was viewed in 22 as a, a Trump loyalist, brother. I mean, we have to get into this. without I can't explain these numbers without going here. Um, there are that's people the that loyalty matters to, you know, I mean, that's it, John. And they perceived him as somebody who was a Trumper. So you get that Trump vote when you're when you're no longer perceived uh, by certain people as that you're
1: going to lose it. It's a Trump only vote well it's fascinating even if well i mean you know that that bar graph it's it's you know it 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 is great at depicting you know a snapshot picture of of president trump's support with that stuff right rich i mean and 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 so i i saw we'll stay on this graph for just a second because then we'll move to another one um and i want to respect your time because i could talk to you all night but like you have seen a lot made of you know post mugshot, and I talk about this on the program about how um, Trump's support with with Black Americans post mugshot, but not just not ju- not just not just Black Americans, but anybody no. who's been on the receiving end of an unjust system now That's have right. a champion in their president. And and look, I know what that feels like. You know, I know what it feels like to have the collective eye of the media and the Democrats and everybody out gunning for you. It doesn't feel good. But there, it's, it's not just about me. There are millions of Americans just like that, that maybe didn't like Trump. But now, see, it's like they think, I mean, this is just me, me talking here, Rich. And I know that this is just anecdotal. But may, maybe these people didn't like Trump, didn't like what he said, didn't like what he tweets all the time. But now they're like, well, damn, I think these people are going just a little bit too far. Don't you think maybe putting this guy in jail for 700 years is a little bit much? I mean, I I just feel, what's your take on all that? Uh, You know, all data data
3: really is anecdotal. And, uh, you know, if, if you know people, like I feel like a lot of pundits know nothing about the black community and they try to, you know, Republicans are so funny to watch them struggle to try to appeal to black voters. And at the end, uh, of 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 all their attempts, years later, it really is something like this. I I believe uh, that has the potential to have a breakthrough because you're speaking to someone else's experience. You're touching someone in like intimately with with we share this pain, we share this glory, and you know, that's what nationalism is all about. Sean, shared suffering, shared past, shared hopes for the future, and when you can relate to somebody like that. That is what opens the door. And that is why Republicans have not been able to make that much of a dent in uh, support with Black voters that Democrats enjoy. They have the relationships. They have the shared history. They have the shared past and the shared hope for the future. It may not be true, but they're the ones who cultivated that relationship. And they took advantage of certain events in history to be able to change that loyalty from Republican to, to, to Democrat. I'll, I'll say this in our national poll that was released last week he was up to 19% support among uh black voters in 2020 our final poll which was biden plus 4 had trump at 12% right about exactly where the national exit poll had him uh you know so we're not a, one of those pollsters that have had him in the 20s you know and so yeah. now in florida last month he was at 16 or 17 rounded up he was at 17% with black voters this month he's at 24 So we're just not one of those pollsters who have ever measured that kind of support, which, you know, uh, non-whites, Republicans tend to poll better than they do with non-whites. And we have long taken a lot of care and taken measures to make sure we're not one of those pollsters. And so there's no other explanation. In my mind, it's (sighs) believable. It's real. It's everywhere. That is absolutely what is happening. So don't ignore the TikToks you're seeing. Don't ignore wow. the truth. Socials. Don't ignore the tweets, the posts from rappers who hated him. The rapper who actually sang the song "F Donald Trump" is now supporting <laughs> Donald Trump.
1: So that's don't. Crazy. I mean, this is nuts, Sean. This is when would <laughs> I saw one of them getting a when tattoo on their leg. I saw one of them getting a tattoo of Trump's face, his yeah. mugshot, on their leg. And his cat. His caravans going by, and I know that
3: area when he was in Georgia. I know that's not uh, you know, it it is most definitely not a middle-class black neighborhood. They're not lining out on the streets, you know, for, for him because they're there to throw eggs, apples and lettuce at him and get tomatoes. They were out there cheering for him because they know what it's like to be put down by a system. They know what it's like to have and no better phrase than this. They know what it's like to have the system's knee on their neck. And they now see him as someone who gets it, you know, and, Uh, uh, If you if if the normal D.C. pundit class doesn't understand that, then I propose you can't be a pundit until we all observe like the U.S., uh, the Israeli military rule where everyone has to serve two years in in the uh, in the (laughs) army. Right. Well, guess what? Pundits should have to serve some time in the communities they claim to know so well that they can predict their behavior. I mean, imagine what they're trying, the arrogance of that right? The hubris of, I think I know these people so well, I can predict their behavior yet. I've never stepped a foot in their neighborhood. I've never been to a ghetto in Fulton County. I've never been to a black community in Detroit. I mean, kidding
1: me. It's a joke. I, I th- it, It's fascinating. This stuff is so fascinating. And I loved watching the, the back and forth on Twitter, um, about all of it. And uh, so we've got this line graph up next. Um, and I, what I want to do Rich, lot is, is lot, make yeah is is make it is make it full screen so our viewers can see um but this line graph is equally fascinating it just seems like donald trump is pulling away both in certainly in the primary but in the general as well so tell us what we're looking at here this is florida
3: over the last four months and what we're seeing is that you know if you go back in the uh the, the the may poll uh it looked kind of close, Sean. You know, the president didn't have a majority. Uh, DeSantis was in the mid to upper 30s, and it was double digits, but very low double digits. And what uh, we heard at that time was, you know, what, what explained the president's lead was was simple. I like them both, but um, I like Trump better as my president. And then fast forwarding to June and July, uh, that started to change, and that started to become, you know what? I'm not sure I like how this guy's conducting himself. I'm not sure like they are so protective in Florida of President Trump that this any little slight is met with such suspicion. And then I think a big part of it as well is that the DeSantis campaign has done a horrible job at talking about the issues voters care about. They want to go on and on about covid. And when you poll people in Florida, Sean, they don't buy it. They're like, wait a minute. (laughs) You (laughs) remember being locked down. What are you talking about? So. It's just it, it's not landing, and I think as these indictments have hit, you have a lot of older voters too in Florida who had this in you know impression four, five, six months ago. This will never happen in America, and we hear that a lot too from some of the older Republicans. They never believed that Fannie Willis or somebody like a Fannie Willis would ever do this, like a Jack Smith would ever do this, right. like Joe Biden would ever attempt to use the Justice Department uh, to, you know, fabricate. I mean, how many how many different things have they fabricated now against this guy? They see this as a as a, a line being crossed and that the way to defend uh, the country is to get behind him because you, you it just doesn't make any other sense not to. So Trump has consolidated that support and DeSantis has collapsed completely, in, even in his own state. I have to tell you this. I got to say this. This is a career-ending loss. The people who have been advising this guy uh, have are, are driving him into, you know, it's not even Ted Cruz territory. Marco Rubio lost, but he didn't lose like this. And Marco Rubio wasn't a sitting governor. You know, I mean, this
1: is really bad. If he goes well, on to lose by 40 points, brother, he's Rich, done. Rich, I... I said, and again, I say this as somebody who likes Ron DeSantis and and think that he was a good governor. A couple things jumped in my mind as you were talking. First of all, I'm reminded as you spoke of, you know, several months ago, Fox News was in DeSantis' own congressional district when he was a congressman. Um and asked the people there who you voting for who you voting for who you voting for Um even the wow. lady that was wearing a wow. Desantis wow. shirt they all said Trump and 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 I think Fox was a little bit surprised Um yeah. and and they, and by the way they all like Desantis That's right but there's there's something about now where you know with the listless list vessel comment you know uh, whether it was taken out of context or not i don't think the voters are take i don't think the voters are buying that it was taken out of context um first of all second of all i just think that he the the window i mean my position is a little bit softer than yours but the window to save you know a potential future or legacy is closing because i mean i think I look. I'm not going to tell somebody what to do when they're running a campaign. I hate that crap. I hated it when people tried to do it with me too. So, it's just like he he has an opportunity. If he can't, if he said today, what's happening with President Trump and now this Fourteenth Amendment thing to try to remove him from the ballot? Well, damn it, that's a bridge too far, and I'm throwing 100 of my support behind him. And this party needs to get behind him too. He might be able to salvage that future if he did something like that. But I'm not. I. I don't know. I go back and forth on this, Rich. I think that,
3: you know, the if you would have asked me that a couple of weeks ago. Uh and I think I even heard Stinch Stinchfield, uh Charlie Kirk, all these guys had said, "Look, this is your way back to credibility with the base." But even them, you know, that that was a week or two ago. Just something has changed here. Now we do see them attempting to remove him from the ballot. I I just think that these things move so quick, we wouldn't know when the window closed when it did, right? Mm-hmm. It would. Pro- we are seeing the signs of that that close now, uh, but believe me, it'll close long before we ever hear it slam shut. And well, you know, I, it, I was thinking one vote, and he's you know challenge him for one vote, and you're in trouble. It's uh, we're never going to make it to Iowa before that that period comes, Sean. It's got to be soon.
1: Well, it cert- it certainly feels like it's a five alarm fire for them because yeah. it doesn't seem like he's rising in the polls like he needs to be. Now, again, anything could happen. It's a long race, but last thing I want to show people is this is this pie chart, uh, Rich. And again, we'll make it big so everyone who's watching at home can see oh. it. Um, but this pie chart, this to me is is one of the most fascinating things. Um, and I, I, for lack of a better term, yeah. Rich, it really just shows Trump or bust, right? The, uh, yes. There are some, there are some voters out there that it's all, that are all or nothing Trump. And so tell us what we're seeing here. You just nailed it. Um, And I wish I
3: would have figured out that this was the best way to display this, not just in Florida, but because it's nationally, it's in California. We just didn't get that one done and over to you yet, but we have California coming, Texas coming everywhere, Sean this is what we see at first we were just simply asking people if he is somehow not the nominee if they not even if they steal it from him but we are asking trump voters if he's not the nominee would you not vote and then somebody had said why don't you also ask about write-ins because he would won that election out west right for the fire marshal's thing or something for with a write-in and yeah. i thought, and i did right and i thought to myself these people have vote history a lot of them have vote history I feel like they would go in and they would cast a ballot, maybe leave the president open. This is a good idea. Let's see what what would happen if we ask them that. Still about four or five percent of Trump's vote would say, I'm not going to vote. Uh, But are you ready, folks? Like 30 percent, 28, 30 percent is what we're seeing everywhere of Trump's vote. Say, I will write his name on the ballot. You're not blackmailing me. Right. So they're so smart. They already see what's coming, Sean like that they're going to remove him and then they're going to pressure us. You know, that's what voters say. They're going to pressure us to vote for their replacement candidate. Because if we don't, then Trump is going to have problems with lawfare and nobody's there to pardon him. They are not willing to be extorted uh, or, or w- whatever you want to call it, whatever you think is mo- most appropriate. Um, they will write his name on the ballot. This is going to happen. And in Florida, what does that mean? It means six, seven points. of the people who said that in that 7%, I'll write write in my candidate's name. 95% of them were Donald Trump. 95% and some of them, Sean, because you actually, in some modes, the way you do the survey, you actually have to write it in so you express your intent to us. We don't want to try to guess what your intent is. Some of them were very colorful, my friend. Very, very (laughs) colorful. Americans. Are hilarious people. And I, you know, I've really debated whether or not I wanted to put some of these, you know, up on like transcripts. This is going to happen. It doesn't matter whether it's head to head, Cornel West in there, the Libertarian candidate in there. And what does it mean? It means, um, it means that DeSantis cannot guarantee a victory in his own home state without those voters. He yeah, can't, So he we. So explain. So you're,
1: you're seeing, you're looking at the, the, the on the left is a circle, Trump versus right. Biden, head to head in Florida. What are the numbers? It's like Trump is killing him. He's killing him. And it's, it's an eight point lead, 45 to 37.
3: And DeSantis and- is a little bit higher. I mean, uh, Biden is a little bit higher against DeSantis, which they're tied at 38. I have never, Sean, in all my years, polling Florida in a presidential election I have never seen a lead this big. Never. You know, anywhere between one, maybe four points. That's it. Nobody takes. And I used to scoff at the media polls when they would put up a Biden plus eight, Gillum plus 12. You know, like people don't win Florida by those kinds of margins. Uh, but Florida's changing. This election uh, is changing. I would say if there's a realignment going on. Everything that we just talked about, Republican uh, voters or would be Republican voters are absolutely uh, getting more non-white. I think something can happen right underneath our feet and it will shock everybody, uh, but never in my entire career. You know, Trump plus one, Trump plus two. That's how Florida shakes out. That's it. So this is. Mind blowing. And what is, let me just close with this. This is Florida. We're seeing this in in every other state. If Republicans remove him from the ballot, the voter is going to remove them as a national political party. They will be destroyed, obliterated. They will end up their presidential candidate maybe with 55 million votes if they're lucky. Joe Biden will harvest 80 to 85 million, and the Republican Party will vanish. That is not
1: hyperbolic. I'm telling people what's, this is going to happen. Wow. That's a hell of a prediction, Rich. And it's a scary one. I, I I certainly hope that the Republican party, you know, I, I think, you know, the idea that president Trump in this narrative that president Trump can't win in a general election to me is flawed in a, in a, in a great many ways, but even just by the numbers, he, he, garnered more votes than any other Republican presidential candidate ever. He he's the last he's the first Republican to win the critically important swing state of Pennsylvania since Ronald Reagan. And the only reason he lost in 2020 is because in every facet, in every way, the deck was stacked against him. from them basically rigging or fortifying whatever you want to call the election, whether they're harvesting ballots, chasing ballots, whatever they I mean, they still barely beat them, barely. Right. And now with, with the numbers that we're seeing, it's like, I don't know if they're going to be able to to cheat enough. And I'm sorry to the libs who are watching this. Yeah, we know you cheat. You've been cheating Everybody since 1960. Knows cheating. Everybody knows it. So, Like, come on. I mean, Everybody I just don't know. How... Exactly. So I, I, it'll be interesting to watch, Rich, and I, as always, man, I mean, look, you have children it's the first week of school you stayed with us for like 25 minutes and it's right around dinner time so please thank your amazing <laughs> amazing wife for lend lending you to us tonight but Rich thank you I love having you on and you're welcome back anytime my friend
3: I'll take you up on that brother.
1: I appreciate <laughs> okay. you getting the work out there. I think it's really important to get this out there because you know if it,
3: people thought the Ross Perot fracture in 92 was bad Sean. That is going to look like a paper cut compared to what Ugh. happens to the Republican Party if they do this, and wow. I think this is the single most important thing for us to even be talking about moving forward, unless they want to, you know, vanish from the history books, brother. I mean, that's where we're at. But I really appreciate it. I
1: will tell her, and uh, I'll be back. Thanks. Hey, for tell us what. Tell us where we can find you, real quick. Oh,
3: oh of course. Uh, you know, people's is the best place. To follow all things that we do. Uh, You'll see the shows when they go up uh, on the locals page. But also, local supporters get all of this first. Unless your name is Sean. (laughs) 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 You know, it works. But locals, people, they know what's going on before everybody else. So it is uh, definitely worth signing up. And
1: uh, we got a lot of exciting things coming this year beyond polling. It's going to be cool, bro. It's going to be cool. Awesome. Awesome Rich, thanks for your time brother. Uh th- th- best to your wife. Thanks for coming on. See you soon. There you go. She just popped okay. in. You too, George. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you to Commander of the Barris household. Thank you. Um yeah, Rich is the best. He's he's um I just think he's the best in the business. That's just the only way to say it. And so uh real quickly, I I promised you for the last couple of days and I haven't been able to cover it uh, to talk about the trans insanity and I'm, I'm covering it tonight come hell or high water um, before we get to that just want to thank Cabot Guns uh, they're the, the best they make the best 1911 pistols in the business best handgun in America every single part component part and everything else in between 100% made in America um, they're really a shooter's pistol and they're rolling out a tactical model called the, the apocalypse it's just incredible uh, best handgun in America so thanks to Cabot a huge second amendment supporters for sponsoring this show and believing in battleground Live from the very beginning when this was all just a concept and the idea of this show was in its infancy. Thank you uh, for supporting this show. Okay. The trans insanity that's sweeping this country. Clearly, there is a social contagion aspect to what we're seeing. And if you look back to the percentage of boomers who identified as LGBTQ, LMNOP versus, uh, you know, what's next, Gen X, Gen Z, millennials, like the percentage, every generation gets higher and higher and higher. So there's something about this. And it's not just, well, people feel more comfortable coming out and talking about. No, that's not what it is. There's there's a a social contagion aspect to this. And so much of it is driven through radical left wing agenda to where you have a, a a member of the California State Assembly who is is changing the definition of what it means to be a pedophile, changing the name to minor attracted person and trying to diminish sentences for sex tr- crimes against children. It's evil. And I am here to tell you this. OK, there are so many people in this country that are afraid of pissing people off that are afraid of being called names, that are afraid to be called intolerant. I'm telling you, don't listen to that. Who cares what those mouth breathers think? If those people hate you, if those people criticize you, if those people stand against you, then you are doing something right. You're standing for something. And look, when it comes to stuff like this, child sex changes, the people who are advocating for geni- gen- like mutilating the genitals of our children, if that doesn't wake you up, if that doesn't make you take a stand, if that doesn't piss you off, I don't know what will, but I, my message to you all is don't give an inch to these people. If this mob is coming for you, hold your ground. Don't back down. Don't surrender to these people. You want them to attack you. They're evil, terrible people. I got to show you this video of this doctor. Uh, you know, it's an NBC interview. This is this was conducted way back in the day. This video is gonna blow your mind. Um, listen to what this doctor says in this NBC interview. Check this out. To
2: me, it seems ridiculous to have a, a kid at age 12, 13, 14 deciding whether they want to have biological children when they're 20, 30 or 40. I mean, well, they
0: make the decision
2: to kill themselves at 12 and 13. That's a pretty powerful decision. We take an oath. First, do no harm. If doing nothing is doing harm, you have to do something.
1: What the hell is that about? What the how kind of straw man argument is that? Well, they make the decision to kill themselves, which, by the way, it's, it's complete left wing propaganda. It just is. There are studies out there on this. Don't believe me. Go look them up for yourselves. Now, of course, like just children struggle. Children become gender confused. Uh, But that's the whole point. If children oscillate, maybe they're playing, boys are playing with Barbies. Maybe, maybe, maybe girls are tomboys. I mean, there are kids that dress up as lions and pretend to be T-Rexes. I mean, this is just part of the experience of being a child. But the straw man argument and the fear mongering as well, we we have to do something because I took an oath and to do nothing is to do harm. And my oath was to do no harm. That is bullshit. I'm sorry for the language. I really am. Nothing makes me more furious than this, because in this country, we have a duty and obligation to protect the children of this country from this radical crazy left-wing ideology and the fact that it's just so pervasive in our culture today sickens me and and this interview that you just saw the first part of well that they, they make the decision to kill themselves straw man argument of the century but this is all about an interview about this this sweet little kid named josie romero uh josie was born joseph romero Um, He was diagnosed by some quack military doctor in Japan with a gender identity disorder, and his parents started transitioning him by six. I'm sorry, folks, but that that is that is not right. You know, I get it. Some boys play with dolls early on. Some girls like to be, like dress up like boys, be tomboys. I get it. That's all part of being a kid. But you start, like, giving kids puberty blockers and hormones and mutilating their generals. That's sick. That's sick. And we shouldn't tolerate here in America. Check this video out.
2: Treatment is irreversible and would make Josie sterile. But Josie and her mother never doubted it was the right thing until an unexpected conversation happened one afternoon but on the inside where nobody else can see? Yeah.
0: Are you a boy or are you a girl? Maybe I'm a boy inside and a girl outside. Really? Yeah, is that true?
3: Only you know the answer to that. So if you wanted to grow up
2: to be a man? Yeah. Would you tell me?
0: Mm, Yeah.
2: Hey, if you wanted to grow up and be a man, you could.
1: I want to be. Sometimes I think I'm a boy, sort of, but i want to be a girl. Yeah.
2: Will
1: you love me if I'm a
2: boy? Of course. I would love you no matter what. I always have, and I always will. It was the first time Vanessa ever heard Josie sound uncertain. Do
1: you have any idea how heartbreaking that video was? Because this mother, um, this mother had has already given this child puberty blockers a painful procedure that will ultimately make this young boy sterile practically destroy his life before he even realizes what the hell's going on clearly that young man has has problems he doesn't know what right looks like he doesn't understand what the hell's going on he just told you right there on camera that hey i sometimes i think i'm a boy but you just gave this kid, you just chemically castrated this young kid to the mother. What the hell are you thinking? I, it's hard for me to watch. It's hard for me to watch that stuff. And you notice something else during that video. That young, that little, that little one said, will you still love me if I'm a boy? Why would a child feel compelled to even ask that question in the first place? What did the parents do to this child to make them feel like a question like that was even necessary? There's something going on here, folks, in this country, and it's it's this pervasive liberal I- ideology that is just sick. And now their focus is on our children. And it's not just and it's not just something that we're seeing uh, one off in families. We're seeing this stuff play out in our schools. If you look here, there's a there's an article in LegalInsurrection.com. The title of the article is "New Jersey Governor Sues Schools to Halt Parental Notification of Social Gender Transitioning." Uh, You heard that right. In New Jersey, the battle over secret social transitioning in schools took a sinister turn last week when a judge temporarily blocked three school districts from notifying parents about their children's gender struggles. So this is the school effectively stepping in as a parent and deciding for your child what is best. Now, these great crazy mouth breathing radical leftists would say, well, you know, we can't out a child to their parents. I mean, that's dangerous. It's harmful. So, of course, we have to keep that secret. That's BS. That's BS, because if you're calling a child a different name at school and that child's going by different pronouns and that child is in the process of transitioning a gender, I think pretty much the child is already out. And the parents have a right to know this information. The reason why is that they're, they're, gender, uh, gender confusion is a thing. Gender dysphoria is a diagnosis in the DSM. It always has been. There are interventions that parents can take to help with that. And if the kid's 18 years old and decides he still wants to walk that path, more power to him. But there is no reason why the school should be blocking parents from having this information. This is happening in New Jersey. It also is happening in California. They just filed a lawsuit there against parents to stop schools from notifying parents of this crazy sexual stuff. Now, again, why these school districts? And these teachers feel like it's appropriate to have sexual conversations with minors is beyond me because it's not appropriate. When, when, you, when I grew up, when I grew up, my parents were like, hey, any, any adult that's trying to keep, have you keep secrets from us, you better tell us because that's, that's sick behavior. That's grooming type behavior. It's our job as parents to protect you, to look out for you. What this school is doing is ridiculous. And of course, people were afraid to speak up about this because they're afraid of the mob coming from them. I mean, they're afraid of the government suing them. And if you look at Oberlin College, what they're doing to the female lacrosse coach there, she had the gall to say that men shouldn't compete in women's sports. And oh my God, they, they this, this, this woman coach described it, she's a lacrosse coach, she described it as being burned at the stake, almost like a modern day stoning. They brought her in and they said, you're just one of those people that has hate in her heart. Are you kidding me? Go to hell. A man playing lacrosse against women? Are, are you kidding me? Women could get hurt. Of course men have advantages. I mean, but here again, this woman stood her ground, and she's being punished by everybody else around her. That's why I say the only pathway the only pathway forward is directly through. We cannot, cannot back down from these radical, crazy people who are doing everything that they can to brainwash our children that this kind of crap is okay. That government and and and, and schools are, are, are replacing the role of parents. That's how the state, these communist liberals, that's how they see you. Your kids aren't your kids. The kids are property of the state and that's why they're pushing this propaganda on our children. But here's the reality. Here's the truth. Here this is just my two cents. These teachers at every public school, my taxes pay their salary. Those teachers work for me. They report to me. What I call my child, they call my child. Period. End of story. They go by their god-given birth name. Period. It's it is not their damn right to make those changes for me as a parent. So, folks, don't let them scare you. Do not back down to these leftist, mouth breathing, communist freaks. Stand your ground. Do not ingratiate yourself to these people and conserve. You are a conservative. Conserve. You're in the trenches. You're watching Battleground Live. Put your helmet on and get in the fight to save this country because we need you. America needs you. So, as always, people, thank you so much for watching. Again, official Sean Parnell look, tactical pup shirt says Republican, uh, politics as hell, written there on the helmet. You got all sorts of Battleground Apparel Company merch that we just launched on the site. We've got Do Not Comply shirts. We have shirts that say Never Quit, Never Surrender. Um, we've got Do Not Comply. We have Liberty or Death shirts. I mean, these shirts are, are I mean, they we're on our third order of them uh, because, you know, parnell's platoon you are all are in the trenches with us so official seanparnell.com check out the check out the apparel if you like what you see grab a shirt be, join the platoon um like this video it's so important rumble notices that stuff it helps us in the algorithm and subscribe um subscribe to to my page on rumble it's completely free we're always going to keep it free for you and you all doing this stuff um you all doing this stuff helps us. And I have to say before we go, um, outlaw dogs, you gave five bucks in the, in the super chat. Thank you. Um, you know you don't have to do that but a hundred percent of of what's contributed and donated to this show will go right back into investing in the show new camera equipment new studio bring you more content better content maybe i can get my studio away from my cat's litter box i don't know it's a dream um but you all doing stuff like that helps me achieve it um again this show is for you period full stop all about saving this country it's all about getting in the fight and staying involved so thank you for watching battleground live we will see you tomorrow at five god bless you all and god bless this exceptional nation that we call home take care